Okay, let's have a look at what we're having for our starter. Mm-hmm. Right, if you could either immediately be able to play an instrument really well mm-hmm. or speak another language fluently, what would you choose? First of all, instrument or language, and then we'll talk about what. I think... I, I think I should pick instrument, but I'm going to pick language. Okay. I've always been... Do you know what it is? I think it's because I come from like a really musical family and also I've done... Like I've learnt bits of instruments before, so mm-hmm. I know that if I actually like tried, I could probably do that. Yeah. Whereas with languages, I've tried really, really, really hard and I've never been able to actually master it. So to be able to instantly have a language under my belt would be... So yeah. I think I would, my initial thought was an instrument because I just really want to be able to play an instrument. I'm so jealous of people that are really musical, mm-hmm. but I'm the same as you because, oh, I don't know actually. So instrument wise, I really want to be able to play the drums, mm-hmm. but I literally have a drum kit over there <laughs> that I started learning and I just never kind of finished learning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would love to be able to play the guitar or the piano and I've tried both and I've just not played. Piano, piano would be amazing. One. Piano would be amazing. Would you not see, okay, so... In this, if I could just like magically be given any instrument to like play perfectly, I don't think I would pick one like that. I think I would pick something like stupidly difficult. I was like, gonna say really obscure. <laughs> like a sousaphone or like <laughs> oh, yeah, a sousaphone. <laughs> sousaphone. You know, like in a brass band, the one that they like wear and it has the big horn because oh, okay. I feel like that would be on brand for me to just be like <laughs> a world class sousaphone player and not be able to play anything else at okay, all. Okay, fair. I would pick something very weird. I, well, okay, so what language would you speak? See, this is the thing. I feel like I kind of have to say Spanish because Why? of Mexico. Okay, yeah. And like, I Mexico's feel like... Mexico's a person, not the country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like I would get so much use out of Spanish, but I also have always really wanted to learn Polish, which okay. I feel I would get a lot of use out of. And it's like a very different language, which I feel, again, if you're taking advantage of like not having to put any effort in, it would probably be something like Polish or uh, Russian or Arabic. I quite fancy mm-hmm. Arabic's a beautiful language and it's like one of the biggest languages as well. So this is a bit of a rant, but something I find really interesting about languages is the way that like different languages that you speak affect the way that you like think about things okay so the way that you conceptualize like concept is always like demarcated by the language that you're speaking it in and i have always been like really jealous of native arabic speakers because it's such a wide language they have so many different words for so many different things i just like feel like you have more access to expressing yourself better i would probably go for language as well because i think uh, if i really wanted to I could learn an instrument Mm -hmm. I'm the same as you because my mum speaks well she grew up speaking different languages she's Mm -hmm. half Danish grew up speaking Gaelic as well Mm -hmm. learned German all sorts and she's just got such a good language mind like she watches Scandinavian dramas without subtitles or anything and understands them and I just don't have that mind and I hate that I'm not bilingual I hate that I can't speak another language I'm exactly the same the level of like jealousy I have towards people who can speak not just like one other language but you find this all the time is like people who grow up bilingual yeah tend to just pick up loads of yes. other languages you, like really easily once and... you learn one it's so much easier to learn others and especially if you're young if you pick it up when you're a child you're just kind of you just you're applying up. the same logic right yeah. of like how to learn 
a language, I guess. You can apply it to a lot of different things. It's when you start to get into like different alphabets that things start to get a yeah. little bit more tricky, but... And also, I feel like... So I, I did like a fair amount of French to the point where like I can kind of understand bits of French. And like I'll spraff random sentences in Spanish. But I feel like if I was properly like native level fluent in either of them, I would have more confidence. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I'd be like, I know that I can do it, so I'll I'll do it with another language now like Yeah. Yeah. I find it easier. I hate the way not to like pass the blame on and, and not admit my own ignorance, but I think a big issue in the UK is the way they teach languages. Okay. Because people that I know that are from Spain or Italy or you know, other European countries they'll learn English in school and they can come here and they they, they can speak kind of enough to get by even when they only learnt it in school and they've not used it before. I did French for, I don't know, probably about nine years in total from primary into secondary. Can't can't hold a conversation in French. And they can't understand why. And I'm like, it's because the way it's taught here, it's very much how to pass an exam and how to do it to their curriculum. And then if you try and learn a language in something like Duolingo, Mm -hmm. it's like... It never teaches you how to have a conversation. Like the sentence says, it goes, it's always the girl is eating a red apple. Yeah, like yeah, I don't yeah. say that in English. <laughs> I never use that phrase in English. Yeah. Um, when am I ever going to use it in, in a different language? Yeah. If I had like, like a couple dozen conversational bits that I could just like whack out in a conversation, like I would feel more confident. For example, if I knew it in Polish, I would feel more confident to then speak to my Polish friends in little mm-hmm. bits and allow them to correct me and like add on to bits of that. Like I think that that's just the better way to, to learn a language. But also, I think that in the English-speaking world, there's just more of an ignorance around languages like mm-hmm. because yeah. we're not forced to learn it yeah. in the same way that every other person on the planet is. This is, a th- like, Mexico's always said when she first came to the UK... Like, a lot of how she learned English was through, like, TV and books mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. Like, And that's always what's recommended to me. Like, watch French cinema and the, and the French. But if I'm... I have the choice. And so I have the choice whether I'm going to watch French cinema or just watch literally anything <laughs> else. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Whereas nobody else really... Well, a lot of non-English speakers don't have that option. Mm-hmm. It's like... You're listening to music that's in English. Yeah, yeah. So if you're learning the lyrics, you're going to learn roughly yeah. like bits of language. It's going to be getting played to you like a lot more often in things like books and TV and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, we, we get away way too easy. We I do. Think. We're lazy with it because, you know, you can go on holiday and get, and get like... We don't even try <laughs> sometimes shocking. to speak language. Or you go somewhere like France and you do try and speak French and they immediately speak back to you in English because they're like insulted by how terrible your French is and you're like, give yeah. me a chance, please. But it is so hard to, to learn a language when you're not immersed in it and I guess the next best thing is the music, and like all the media. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have that, the only way I feel that I will learn another language is to actually go and live in that country and pr- properly immerse myself in it and not just make friends with English speakers. Yeah. But be surrounded buy it and you're forced to learn it I've always thought this as well but there is like a level of like you have to be proactive about it as well my best friend speaks Spanish Mm -hmm. and her mum who I've like hung about with for years and years and years I know loads of people who speak Spanish fluently that Mm -hmm. I could choose to have a conversation with in Spanish and just don't yeah there is definitely but like you said about the confidence thing a lot of it is confidence though because if I'm around 
French people, for example, mm-hmm. I don't think I would try and speak what little French I know because I'm so worried that it's actually completely wrong or I'm mispronouncing something. Whereas those that have learned English, they just go for it and mm-hmm. they are happy to be corrected or they want to be corrected because they want to learn and they want to improve their grammar and so on. And I just have that fear. So I just don't try because I know I don't need to. This is the thing is I don't have a fear of being wrong. Like part of my joy in speaking the little Spanish that I have to Spanish speakers is being wrong. So I like to be like very deliberately wrong in a way that sounds ridiculous to a Spanish speaker. That I don't have an embarrassment about that. My worry is saying something in a different language and somebody replying to me mm-hmm. and not having a clue what they're saying <laughs> that yeah. is the thing that is the stress for me is like i can absolutely whack a couple lines at you in french or in spanish but i know that no matter what you reply i'm not gonna have a clue what you're saying and that yeah. is the thing that i would feel awkward about because yeah that's true <laughs> Do you know what I mean? so you would learn i think spanish is a good one because if you learn spanish first of all there's more than one country that speaks spanish mm-hmm. and also it's, it's really similar. It's a good base, obviously, kind of from Latin. A little bit easier to kind of learn French. Italian is quite similar, mm-hmm. so it's easier to learn Italian, for example, if you wanted to. So that's a good kind of all-rounder. I don't know what I think. I don't know what language I would learn. Probably, maybe French, just because I like the sound of French. Mm-hmm. And I don't really go to France very often, and I don't really know any French people, to be honest. So maybe it would be a waste. Or, like, you Arabic, because I think that'd be so handy as well. And it's something unexpected. I I want the surprise factor. Yes! Like, I want to be... I, exactly like, don't, I want to surprise people by suddenly speaking Arabic. Or if I'm in an Arabic country and people think, obviously, she's not Arabic, she she won't understand what we're saying. Yeah. I want to eavesdrop on people. Totally! <laughs> like, like, hear them bitch about you yeah. and then listen to it for, like, a couple of minutes and then turn around and then just give them a little bit of fluent Arabic. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, like, I would love that. That's, yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah, that would be my choice. Or, like, Mandarin or something like that. Well, I was going to say, yeah, Mandarin. That's another useful language. Yeah. Um, but I think if I was going to do that, I would probably go with, like, Korean or Japanese. Because I do actually genuinely, like, watch more Japanese or Korean things. Mm-hmm. The thing is that it's not used as widely. Yeah. But this is the thing is everybody's like, oh, uh, Mandarin is, like, one of the most widely spoken languages in the world. But that's only because China's absolutely so massive, yeah. right? So it's not Numbers. as if there are a lot of different countries that speak Chinese. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, oh, it's good for business. I'm like, totally. Mm-hmm but I do not plan to be doing business <laughs> in China anytime soon, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like there would be more use for me to learn something like Korean or Japanese. Yeah. I think probably Korean I would pick. So uh, maybe, I have tried, when I was younger, I was like, I'm going to learn Danish. Oh my God, no, I can't do any of the accents or anything. <laughs> the I can't accent. do it. No, you, it's a really, di- like, pronunciation, not the accent, like, the pronunciation is all, like, oh, like and my mum's so good at it. She sounds native when she speaks any kind of Scandinavian language, but I can't it's like that it's like see I find Scandinavian languages sorry I went through a little kick where I tried to learn Norwegian for a little nice. bit I was applying for a PhD in Norway and I thought I was totally it so I tried a bit of Norwegian <laughs> um, I found it with Norwegian I found it a little bit with Dutch I found it with German as well which I know is not the same thing but when I started learning German in school like you say like I studied French for like a million years and didn't really get mm. much studied German for like a year and a half and I was picking it up a lot faster and I feel like all of those languages sound or to me are closer to like Scottish Mm -hmm. than Mm -hmm. a lot of the like Latin languages and the grammar is more similar and like there's a couple of words that yeah are very similar 
I'm really sad that Gaelic is not widely spoken in Scotland. I think it's so sad that we have an actual whole other language that it's just, I don't want to say it's dying, but it's just not very widely spoken at all. And yet, when given the option to have a language thrust into your brain with no effort, you still didn't pick Gaelic. No, but I did try learning Gaelic on Duolingo. Did you? Yeah. How did it go? Um, it kept telling me how to say, I like iron brew. <laughs> <laughs> and chicken, and fried chicken. One of the reasons I didn't pick it is because it's not You're used. Like, use I wouldn't it. be able to use it very often unless I kind of went up to the highlands of Scotland, which would be good. And if, if maybe if I had some friends that spoke it as well, then mm-hmm. I would love to just cut about speaking a different, you know, speaking Gaelic and it being kind of, you know, my like native language in a sense. Um, so then because it's not widely spoken, people are like, well, what's the point? If it's not widely spoken in the country it's from, what's the point in learning it? But this is the thing, is you grew up, what, Livingston, Edinburgh away. Yeah. So did I. I feel like us on the Central Belt have a different perspective of Gaelic than everybody else. Speaking of which, it's lunch Shall we move on to our main? Yeah, if we digested totally. our starter. Okay, okay, I'm really excited for this mm. because we have two very different. <laughs> we have bit two. We're on two different sides here. Yeah. Um, and it's not so much an actual question. Well, it is, but I. So I. I do not believe in astrology. I'm not an astrology girly. I'm aware. I would. I would quite like to be one, and I've tried to be one, but I'm not. An, I don't believe in astrology. Mm-hmm. And it really in a kind way, kind of baffles me that mm-hmm. <laughs> people do, whereas you are... I'm low-key scared for this. For this. Oh, are we going to fall out? For this. No, 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 I think this is... <laughs> yeah, this is interesting. So one of the... Okay, a little bit of background. Tell me what you wrote your dissertation on. <laughs> Tell me what you wrote your dissertation on. It was a research report. So I did forensic psychology. Do not ask me why I did this for my final project research report. But, well, I did it because I'm so interested in why people believe in astrology. Um, and I've got something else to say about that as well. But for me, I was just kind of like, what? what is it that makes people believe in astrology? Mm-hmm. And then I went down the road. There were so many avenues that I wanted to go on, go around, but basically I left everything last minute. I ended up going with what kind of personality traits mm-hmm. are more susceptible to believing in astrology. Mm-hmm. I can't fully remember, it wasn't even that long ago, I can't fully remember the, the, the personality traits that I kind of explored specifically, but one of them was narcissism mm-hmm. because I'd read a, a research report that was done fairly recently, maybe, well, maybe like 2011, mm-hmm. and narcissistic traits was kind of linked with astrological beliefs. So then I was like, okay, interesting, interesting. So I went down that route. I mean, I'll tell you right now, it was not conclusive. <laughs> like, but I like to think that that's maybe because I just don't have any narcissistic friends that completed my survey, which is also, and also, yeah, which is, it, it could be the case. I didn't have that big a, that wide a pool. Mm-hmm. Um, and unsurprisingly, things like openness was more likely to believe in astrology. But my whole, my original reasons for doing it was to try and find out what what kind of what is it about a person that lends them to to believe more in astrology than the others and just to expand on that right what i found is that the people i know that believe fully in astrology are not religious yes and do not across the board across the board they're not religious to the point where they're like of course there's not a big man in the sky other way around people that i know who are religious think astrology is a load of tosh 
And I'm like, to me, as a person who believes in neither of them, to me, I'm like, they are both scientifically unproven. They are both just, it's just stories. It's just, people believe in it for comfort. So why are you so against, why is one person, why are you for one and against the other when they're kind of the same? 100%, right? Right? But this is exactly why you're against them, right? So like, okay, so... My perspective on astrology, I am an astrology gal. I love that shit. I eat that <laughs> shit right up. Num, 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 num. But I also have a lot of esoteric interests. And some of the things that I deeply believe in, I kind of do it for the, like, pattern. Do you know, like, yeah, some, yeah, yeah. some things I find useful without necessarily having to uh, give too much of a shit about the objectivity of it. Or, like how provable it is like some things Mm -hmm. I just find useful and I kind of don't feel the need to dig exactly into why if they have used to me Mm -hmm. right I feel like it makes perfect sense that people who are into astrology can't be into religion and people who are into religion can't be into astrology because of exactly what you said because they're so similar they fly in the face of each other Mm -hmm. like you you can't deeply, deeply believe in the big man in the sky and also believe that, like, the planets affect things because if you're going to believe in a thing that can't be proven, if you're going to put faith in a thing, you can't just put faith in everything. Okay. You can't put faith in two of those things at the same time, right? And, yeah, so you can't... You can't. Okay, no, I do get it. So you can't so believe, it, like, this is happening because this is what God's will is for me mm, but at the same time you like it's, it's also actually because it's because, <laughs> yeah, it's actually because i'm an aquarius exactly that's why, uh, yeah well, that's it's actually because saturn's in, in retro- i don't know any of the terms to be honest but okay no i, I get that i get that I it get can that, either be god's plan or it can be mercury in retrograde and it, can it cannot both. be both of those things because they both fulfill the same urge for like pattern recognitions and some the feeling of some sort of higher power or structure to the universe which i feel is when people believe in these things myself included that i guess is the unconscious urge is for something to draw patterns from right yeah it's not necessarily so so for me i concern myself less with what is right and what is wrong because you'll never know and more with what is helpful and what is unhelpful right Mm mm-hmm so as much as I'm not a religious person, I would consider myself to be a spiritual person. Mm-hmm. And I find I have a lot of interest in religion. Because I wasn't brought up particularly religious, I, like you, do find it slightly mad to think of, like, how can you just... Because these stories weren't told to me at a certain point with a certain level of truth implied, I just can't believe in some of the stuff that happens in the bible for example Mm -hmm. as written but i can look at the bible and i can go okay if we look at for example jesus feeding the five thousand this is a slight detour from what we're talking about but for example if we're talking about jesus feeding the five thousand do i believe that jesus magically created more fish no i don't but do i believe that his act of selflessness in giving his last piece of whatever he had in his pocket to the person next to him would inspire other people who are also starving and who also only have enough for themselves to also share that with other people like yes i do so in that way do you know what i mean yeah yeah for me everything's narrative 
and because studying English and doing all that stuff, like a lot of what I did was oral narratives and fairy tales. And you find that the way that people des describe an event, in fact, you'll get this with forensic psychology, right? Like the way that people describe an event after the fact, like witness testimony is almost mm -hmm. always like at least a bit incorrect, oh, but it's yeah. definitely a hundred percent what that person saw. So it can be correct and incorrect at the same time. Mm -hmm. What matters is what you glean from the information that somebody gives you and the way that they give it to you, right? So I think that there is truth in religion and I do also think that there is some truth in astrology. So I don't even know I don't even know where to start. What was your, I don't know where what to was start. your big issue then with with uh, you said that you've kind of fancied being in astrology. Girl. I because right the reason, okay, so my reasons for wanting to be into astrology, mm -hmm. first of all, I completely understand how much people draw comfort. The same way people are religious, I think it gives them comfort to think that there is something bigger than them. Mm -hmm. And it gives people an ability, and not in a bad way, this sounds like I'm, I'm being disparaging, but it's it gives people an ability to be like, it's not, oh, it's not my fault, it's, it's this happened because it was meant to be for this, mm -hmm. for these kind of reasons, mm -hmm. or what it's what God wants for me, it's, it's because of whatever it is, and I understand that, and I think maybe that's why I want the comfort from it as well. And I found myself, um, before, maybe the, the closest I've been to thinking about or um, seeing astrology is, oh, maybe there is something in it, was when someone told me that I was going through my Saturn return, is that oh, right? Oh, don't talk to me but, about Saturn returns. But, okay, <laughs> right, go but on, go on. At the time... I thought that makes total sense mm -hmm. because Saturn return, for those that don't know, is you might explain it better than me, but generally it's when is it right, is it when Saturn like is back in the exact place it was when you were exactly born, something yes. like that. Something yeah. And it roughly happens from like your twenty seventh to your thirtieth ish year. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that block of time. And I don't know if you've noticed, but a lot of it like so I'm twenty eight going on twenty nine now. A lot of people my age are being slightly unhinged and making like really weird upheavals and life decisions, it, myself included, like really intense. I went home for Christmas and I was talking about some of the decisions that I've made recently and my grand literally was like, it's your Saturn return. I was like, oh, okay, thanks grand. Yeah, and at that point, yeah, so the Saturn return is generally when there's a big upheaval in your life. Yeah. And at that point, yeah, I'd gone through a big change. So I was like, that makes sense. But also, the ages of around 27 to say 31, 32 is very often a time where people are changing careers, going through breakups of like long relationships or getting engaged or getting married or having a kid. That is quite conveniently a period of time that that often happens. And then your next one your next Saturn return will happen roughly another 30 years later yeah. and that's when people are starting to retire or think about their future or do a holiday home or, or kids are flying the rest. Like, to me, once I'd gotten over that initial kind of needing the comfort in something mm -hmm. where I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going through my Saturn return, it'll make sense and all that. And then afterwards I was like, well, actually, it's not, it's not unusual for someone who's just about to turn 30 to be going through a big life event. Absolutely, right? Sure. So my thing is, why do you feel the need to pick between one or the other? Why can it not be both of those things? Like, I feel, so I feel like a lot of the way that people who are not, like, kind of into astrology, look at astrology, is, like, your sun sign reading in the metro, which is, like, always wrong, or, like, some random nonsense that gets put on the internet, which is, like, again, 
almost always wrong, or like generic enough that it doesn't really matter what sign you pick. You could really read any of them and it would. And I've got a point about that. Right. So you could really read any of them and it would be generic enough that you would take something from it. The reason that I find astrology, or, or the times in which I find astrology most useful, is as a tool to look at myself and to look at other people, right? Because I feel like if I'm if I'm looking at myself and I'm like, why did I do this? Or what? why did I think that way about this thing, right? That's a very open-ended mm-hmm. question. Just because of the way that my brain works, that can be quite overwhelming for me, right? And I'm, a, that, I'm aware that this is like a personal flaw and I'm aware of my mm, own Not necessarily a flaw, here. it's just a not, not a flaw, but it's just like... I find that framework really useful. Mm-hmm. So if it's like, okay... I've had an argument with this person. If I look at like my Mars in Taurus, for example, I'm like, oh, maybe I was being a bit too stubborn about that, right? Do I then completely rule my life by thinking that I'm a stubborn person in an argument? No, but if I'm presented with, this is what the stars say about how I should react in that, I can look at that and I can either go, that is correct or that is incorrect. Or that is neither correct or incorrect, but a thing that maybe I can be aware of. And then next time I'm in a conversation and I feel myself get into like a heightened level of mm-hmm. like, I can be like, okay, bring that back down. It could, to me, it could almost be arbitrary, right? It could just be a complete fairy tale. But the fact that it works so well as a framework through which to view things and to view other people as well. It makes me more empathetic to other people because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that person was a bitch to me. And then I'm like, oh, maybe it's because, you know, they've got like a Gemini moon or something. Like, I, and I'm laughing as I'm saying it because part of me is like aware that it's slightly ridiculous. I kind of don't mind so much. Because the, it's not about the, it, it's about the the outcome so the outcome for you is I'm going to be more empathetic to them because the reason that they're being like that is not because they're a bad person it's because of xyz totally and that's why I'm saying like the truth of the matter kind of almost doesn't really matter to me like I wouldn't again I wouldn't base my entire life on it but it still I find is like a useful thing in, yeah. in the in the everyday and do you know what like there's that whole thing about like facts go out of date within five years like there's all sorts of stuff that has been proven by mass and science that is then turned yeah. out to be incorrect like realistically to me I feel like mass and science almost acts as a faith-based thing not in the same way I know I'm not like a completely ridiculous but like everything requires a little bit of faith Mm -hmm. in a certain structure or framework why not use as many as you possibly can to get as much information as you can about your experiences about yourself about the people around you right take this is what they always say on like witchy tiktoks like take what resonates and then leave the rest again i feel like one of the biggest complaints or um one of the biggest misconceptions, I guess, that people who are not into astrology have of people who are, is that you read your sun sign, you read it like it's absolute law, you live your life by it. That, to me, I find that silly. Don't do that. I say that to people like who come to me like, oh, read my chart. It's all very silly. It's supposed to kind of be like a little bit silly to me. Um, I find that there are a lot of things when I've been looking at to various like esoteric ways of thinking, I think that there are a lot of things that are kind of accidentally correct. So for me, I'm like, oh, okay. 
maybe Capricorns are super like uh, work focused and super yeah driven because they're Capricorns or maybe it's because they're born like when Christmas is happening and also in January and around that time around their birthday when they're thinking most about themselves everybody else is thinking most about themselves and it's all very around like Christmas or like um organizing things or new year's resolutions like if your birthday every year was kind of overshadowed mm. by that way of thinking i think you would probably be a more driven or work focused person do you know what i mean i feel like psychology and astrology are so interwoven and this is what's really interesting so two points firstly we are very similar whilst also being very different so for me i also I overanalyze every little thing that I do or, or you know, my I behaviors. You in your chart. <laughs> Sorry. Can, after this, I'll show you my birth <laughs> Please, chart. Please, I would love that. Let me know what, that. yeah. I am constantly reflecting on, okay, why did I feel that way? Why did I, and other people as well. For me, it's all from a psychological point of view. And I, and it makes me very empathetic because if somebody becomes, say I bring up something that's, um, say someone's done something and it's upset me or whatever and I bring it up and they become defensive my first thought is okay they're being defensive because I've um, confronted them with something that goes against what they believe about themselves and because they think I'm a good person but then they've done something to hurt someone that goes against what they believe about themselves and therefore they need to challenge that so that they can continue having that belief about themselves it's like a kind of cognitive dissonance so my brain goes to the psychological element of it Whereas you're kind of looking at it from, you're using astrology as your framework and I'm using psychological theories as my framework. No, I'm using, I would raise you, I see you, I raise you. I'm using an interdisciplinary perspective Mm, in that I have a great love for psychology and a lot of different psychological theories. But also psychology is flawed in so many different yeah, ways. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking at Freud, that guy was a nightmare. Do you know what I mean? Like, And also psychology, how can you prove what's actually going on in someone's brain? Of course you, at, can. How can you Nobody knows what's going on inside someone's mind except the one person that's living in it. Exactly. And this is like, I could go on for, I could go on about that for hours. Psychology, anything that tries to measure subjective experience is going to be flawed, right? Mm-hmm. So... A lot of different psychological perspectives are useful, but this is why you get like people who are in a young and people who are in a Freud and people who are in R.D. Lang. Like you get people who have different schools of psychology because mm-hmm. none of those things can be proved, right? Yeah. And if you're gonna dogmatically adhere to just Freud, you're gonna get so you just are gonna get stuff wrong. It's only when you're picking up like lots of different bits from things that you're gonna get closer to understanding what's in somebody else's brain. When you're talking about people, could you could believe any kind of horoscope? You could read any of them, blah, blah. That brings me to, again, maybe something else that made me not believe, and not just in horoscopes. Like I know, you know, anybody could write anything in the in the mm. metro about the horoscopes, or whatever. But then also, I looked at my birth chart, and like I knew exactly when I was born, like time and date and everything, and I put it together, and I read it, but I was reading it from the point of view of someone that's skeptical possibly yeah. but skeptical and I'm reading it and there's some points where I'm like yeah that is quite like me and then there's other where I'm like that's not me at all yeah whereas if so this goes back to again a psychological experiment and it was um oh my god what, I, I can't remember the details it was Barnum who was like the founder of you know like Barnum mm-hmm. and Bailey's mm-hmm. it's called the Barnum effect 
and essentially all these students got given a personality test mm-hmm. and they were said okay like do this personality test and we will tell you what your personality is like so yeah. all these students did this personality test gave their results they gave their answers in sorry and then they got given back right based on your answers and this personality test this is what we say you are like and they read it and the majority of students went yeah that is so me Every single student got the exact same blurb about themselves. It did not matter what they answered on the test, they got the same blurb. But if you believe that something is written for you or about you, you believe it. You can always find a way to make it suit you and your personality and everything. And that's like for the birth chart, I was like, if I was a deep astrology, completely believe in it, I would probably read my birth chart and see it in a way where I was like, oh my God, yeah, so applicable to me. But I was reading it from the other spectrum where I was like, this is not like, this is not going to be accurate, whatever, blah, blah, blah. 110%. Like I couldn't agree more. And I feel like that is part of the problem with astrology. So for me, part of my issue when I'm like reading people's birth charts, again, very tongue in cheek in the pub kind of thing. I'm always very worried that people will then, that that will then become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. Is that people will read that and go, oh my God, that's so me. And then start to steer more into those bits of their personality. Yeah. Because I do that. I'm aware that I do that. Like I'm very aware because I'm so into astrology and because I know so much about all the different planets and da 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 da. I definitely think of myself in a different way for knowing that information. I don't think that that's useful really at all. But again, I would raise you. People win and lose jobs on the Myers-Briggs test. And all this <laughs> random bullshit. Like, so do I, I don't really believe it's like 10 out of 10, but I will so always say, like, what are you? I'm an INFP. I can't remember what I am actually. I am an INFP, I think I am. I'm, I'm definitely judging over perceiving, which I found really odd. I am FJ, I'm sure. I'm the campaigner. No, I'm the mediator. I'm the, I'm the diplomat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is quite Dude. funny. Both of us pushovers. Yeah. Tell me, <laughs> tell me how that's different to to like horoscope. INFPT, sorry, is what is what I am. Role diplomat. Yeah, I'm INFP. Poetic, kind, and altruistic. Oh, for a good cause. Right, but you wouldn't live and die by it. Is is my overall point. You and you go, that's a little bit of interesting yeah. information about one specific way that I react in this one specific place or, you know, and I'll take that and I'll have that information and I'll live the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I see astrology. So I don't know if you know this, but my gran is an astrologer by mm-hmm. trade, right? So she, for like 50 odd years did um, individual birth charts. So when I, and my gran is also my hero and I like grew up with her. So for me, that's definitely tinted the way that I see astrology as a thing. But something you might be interested to know is that when I was younger, I was way more skeptical, hugely skeptical in that like, you know, when like your mom or your gran or whoever like tells you a thing and you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever kind of, you know, so I was very pushed away for a really long period of time. Because you want to discover it yourself. You don't want someone else telling you. And I later have now discovered it myself. So she tried to give me like all this information on it. And because I love her a bit and she's my absolute hero, like I took the information. So I'm not saying that there's no bias there. But I also very much thought of it as like, oh, that's just something that Gran believes. You know, mm-hmm. humour and I'm interested in it. But like, don't, you know, I'm not, I don't actually believe it. And as I've got older, the more things 
that she has told me about like oh this is how the planet's moving this is how maybe this you know watch out for this or this might be how this affects your life or blah 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 like for example she predicted with like 90 percent accuracy or stupid like that what subjects i would pick both at like standard grade and higher grade but didn't tell me that she had even made that prediction until after i picked them and there was all Mm -hmm. these things and there's a lot of other things where she has like turned to me and said don't do this because i because there's something weird happening in the realms of travel or the realms of this or da 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 and i know how you are receiving this information because i received it in exactly the same way at that time and like okay cool (laughs) okay cool like i don't believe that but i love you so i'm gonna listen to you say these things that i don't believe and then later on there's just been so many examples of it being right for me that it almost it challenged my cynicism and it almost i would still consider myself to be at least slightly cynical because of the way that i see it in a slightly tongue-in-cheek way Mm -hmm. but i have constantly seen it for whatever reason, turn up to be at least slightly correct again and again and again and again and again to the point where I'm now like, how much evidence do I need personally? I'm never trying to convince anybody else. I'm never trying to like make anybody else think that it's fact. But for me, I'm like, yeah, this is probably enough experiential subjective evidence for me to be like, fuck it, it's worth at least paying slight attention to. I think I know myself enough to know I'm never going to be fully bought into it, but like I like talking about it, I like the tongue-in-cheek side of it, I don't really fully understand what CoStar is, but I'll go on it. <laughs> yeah, please, please have me on CoStar, I would love that. Yeah. Um, and I'll join in for, for fun, if nothing, if for nothing else. So do you think I'm less insane now? Yeah, I feel like, I really liked your point about how religion and astrology can't coexist. Of course. That makes sense to me, I'm like, okay, that makes sense why people don't believe in both. And I like that you use it as a way of helping you understand not just yourself, but others. And that I appreciate. And I think that anything, anything that helps someone understand themselves better or under, or more, even more importantly, to be honest, understand other people mm-hmm. is beneficial. Okay, for dessert. Yes. Which of the seven deadly sins are you? Wait, right. let me just get up the we seven deadly sins. Up, yeah, the seven let me get them up sins. just in case. Okay, so pride, greed. Lust, envy, gluttony, wrath, and sloth. So I was gonna go with either sloth or gluttony. I feel, no, I can be, I think I have like quite a hedonistic streak about me in that if there's not an immediate reason to not do something, and I mean immediate, to not do something, I'll probably just do it. You'll just do it. So I overeat, I smoke, I drink too much. Like, I feel like I am an indulgent person Mm -hmm. in that I generally just kind of do what I want to do. And that can be quite gluttonous. I'm definitely a sloth. Um, But then this kind of ties in with the term, like, lazy. Mm -hmm. Because you think a sloth, you're lazy. You can't be bothered doing anything, you're apathetic. You don't want to do anything that's kind of uh, like a like a like a labor intensive. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that I'm happy to do something labor intensive. I'm actually quite a hard worker. Me too. But I'm very particular about what it is that I'm able to spend my energy on. Yeah. And it's not. And again, using the word lazy, the word lazy doesn't actually describe anything. 
I think that there's no such thing as laziness. Agreed. It's all about your motivation. Agreed. And if you're lying down because you you don't want to tidy up, you don't want to do the dishes, things like that, it's a normal human trait. Um, but intense laziness comes from a deeper thing. It's like, why are you not motivated to do anything? And there's something more going on there. It's mm-hmm. like your executive function or your mental health. I was actually about to say, like, I mean, executive my, dysfunction my and depression. Ex- like, this is the two My things. executive is dysfunctional. Like, <laughs> I know that. I know that. So my laziness, it's not that I don't want to work hard. I actually hate not being challenged. I hate, like, Agreed. being bored. But if it's something that I'm not interested in... Or if it's something that I find overwhelming, I just cannot get myself to do it. I would say envy is probably my lowest, then wrath. Greed? I could be... Well, I suppose greed and gluttony are kind of sides of the same coin. Greed, I think... Gluttony is specifically food and drink. I was about to say, which, um, yeah, that's why I picked that one. Because I will eat and drink until somebody physically takes it out of my hand or it's gone. I'm weirdly not. I've kind of got a weird kind of self-control. No, I have no self-control whatsoever with food and drink. I've got a metaphobia, so I'm like... I know my boundaries. No, absolutely not. <laughs> so that stops me being too gluttonous. I know but my greed, boundaries. I wouldn't say I was particularly greedy either. Greed, I think, in this sense is specifically money. In fact, do you know what? I think Material greed, goods. It's material goods. Do you know what? Greed for me, then I'm putting at the bottom. I'm doing greed at the bottom, then envy, then wrath. Because I couldn't give less of a shit about material goods and money. I spend far too much money on cocktails, food. See, this is the thing. It's not so much about spending, it's about indulgence. I know my limits in terms of drinking, for example. Mm-hmm. I'm very self-controlled. That's not to say that I don't overindulge, because I do. <laughs> but to a different extent, maybe to other people. Like, I just know what my... I know, kind of know what my limits are, and I'm I'm a bit nervous. Like, I will... I'm the person that when everybody else is getting doubles, I'm the one that's like, single, please. That's all levels, though. Like, that's very fair. So I'm kind of... This is the thing, is out of the two of us, I would say that I drink way more than you do. Mm-hmm. But when I go out for drinks, I drink, I'm like the one drinking the least. So it kind mm, of all depends, depends on the yeah, company yeah. that you're with, That's right? very true. It's like there's been many times when I've been on a night out and I've quite happily got water. Like I do know where to stop. It took me a very long time to learn that skill. And I do think that it is a skill to be able to be having a really, really good time and to switch to water. But mine all derives from fear because I'm so scared of throwing up. So scared. Oh. No, I have a phobia of being sick. Yeah, really badly. Really? That's where my that's the reason I'm self like my restraint comes from. That's why I don't. I rarely do. I do sometimes do shots, but I rarely do shot tequila. Shots of tequila is one thing that really does make me feel sick. So I don't oh don't shot tequila. I'm so sad at that information. I, I wish that I didn't have it because it like no. I I mean not. I wish I didn't have. I wish I didn't have this fear of being sick yeah, because yeah. it's every single day I think about. It. Really? Yeah. I'm like, oh god, am I gonna be sick today? <laughs> Really, genuinely, I right. So, like, I'm sick all the time. Like, pretty I much wish every I, time I drink, I'm no, sick. No, if I was sick every time I drank, I would be teetotal. Well, I was for like uh, <laughs> a relative amount of time, like for quite a fair bit, yeah, time, for a couple of months. Yeah. But now I like I'm the queen of the whitey. I'm kind of, I'm I mean, I'll say this now. I'm like, not scared of it, but I do know people who are, who 
I used to live with a girl who was scared of being sick and I have seen her be sick at a party before and watching her is one of the most traumatic experiences I've ever been through. So I can't even imagine what it must be like to be in that situation. Like, that sounds incredibly stressful. It's horrible because the minute I start to feel even like I, I, I overanalyze how I feel, I'm like, do I feel a bit sick or is it just anxiety? Mm. Am I just, and if I start to feel a little bit sick, it makes me feel anxious, which then makes me feel worse. And then I'm like, is it sickness or is it anxiety? And like, I will, I'm the person that will cut every single piece of chicken and inspect it to make sure that it's not in any way undercooked because I'm scared of getting food poisoning. Sometimes exactly the same thing. This is why I actually eat vegetarian in restaurants quite often because I'm scared of getting food poisoning. Shut (laughs) up. I'm a bit better with beef, but yeah. I could not be more opposite than you. I wish I was like this. It's an chicken. Like quite no, well, not raw raw chicken. But you're just but like, yeah, something slightly undercooked or slightly out of no. date, or like the idea of being sick is not. I mean, it's not pleasurable to me in any way, but it's not. But it's it doesn't stress you know, me at all. It absolutely stresses me out. God, that yeah, that would. Have I mean, on one hand, it, on my quality. In of one life, hand, it's in really one hand, shit. it's good because it does stop me from overindulging. Of course. But on the other hand, and what it's, a, it's a nightmare. Yeah. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, no, stick to beef, because then you can eat that pretty much blue and you'll be fine. Sometimes I've genuinely thought maybe I should just go veggie so that I worry less, but I couldn't. I love steaks too much. <laughs> no, but steaks, but steaks always fine. And I like fish and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, I get, yeah, steak is fine. I mean, I eat my steak rare, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so I'll say this now, if you're ever, if I'm out with you and you're waiting, I will not be there, and I'm so sorry. That I'm not, that <laughs> no, that's I okay, I don't need anybody. Um, that's all right. I'm yeah. always having a party by myself when I'm waiting. Again, like, I have... If you I, really need to be a bit there. I'm like, more in control than most people, I think, when I'm when I'm being sick. That's why I'm finding it so funny that we're still on completely different edges of the scale here. Again. I go, like, almost hallucinate I'm so scared when I'm <gasps> sick. That, like, what well, I don't hallucinate. I go, to, like, delirious. And I panic. And this is so funny because recently, well, maybe, like, I don't know, a month ago or something, I wasn't well. I had some kind of virus. And I am... Um, I think, I, I think it was just like a 24 hour thing but I wasn't like it wasn't a sickness virus but my body kind of I'm do you know what I'm so scared of being sick to the point that my body actually can't really be sick anymore unless I'm really ill like I will this is a horrible conversation oh, but, but I will go worst. through the motion where I'm like booking but like nothing nothing comes up nothing comes out so you never actually feel better because you're not expelling it that's exactly it yeah but I will still be panicking and the last time I was so unwell I felt like I had a cold or something, then I was freezing cold, and then suddenly I was like the hottest I've ever been in my life, like burning up. I had a water bottle next to me, and I was pouring it over my head, <laughs> like my body trying to cool me down. Anyway, later on, I kept kind of going to the bathroom, I was like kept almost being sick, but not, and then obviously I'm like panicking. And then I was so hot again, I was like, I need something to cool me down. And I like went into my freezer to like whatever, get ice or something, but I grabbed the first thing I grabbed. <laughs> And I'd made lasagna the night before to get my freezer. <laughs> Christ sake. And I grabbed this, like, it was in a Ziploc bag, like, a block of lasagna. <laughs> and I was, like, rubbing this lasagna over my head and, like, my body, like, oh, it's cooled out, all that. And then I left it in the bathroom. And the next day, the next morning, I was, like, I've been up all night and feeling sick. <laughs> I left it in the bathroom. <laughs> been feeling sick all night, like, eventually got some sleep, whatever. I managed to get myself out of bed and, like, go for a pee. And I walked into the bathroom. It was just this, like, defrosted block of lasagna. <laughs> I've not eaten lasagna since. The purple lasagna. 
I was just rubbing this block of lasagna all over my body. I was half naked. I was like stripping off because I was so hot. I was running between like my bathroom. Oh shit. I was running between like my bathroom and the living room and like the kitchen, like literally mainly naked, rubbing this lasagna. <laughs> the perks of living alone. <laughs> yeah, thank God. I never closed oh my curtains, so my neighbours would have probably seen Oh my fucking God. <laughs> Rank the seven deadly sins then from like most to least likely. Oh no, I can't do this. For each of us. For me, okay, like sloth would probably be my number one. Mm-hmm. Sloth and then maybe maybe then gluttony because I do I don't overindulge, but like I love food and drink. Mm-hmm. It's a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um I'm putting wrath at the end. You're putting wrath at the very maybe, bottom. Maybe, maybe, no, wait. Because all of these Pride things... Pride at the bottom, sorry, wrath. All of these six. things are an overindulgence in something. So I don't feel like it's like how much you like that thing. I think it's how much you are swayed by your overindulgence of that thing. <sighs> well, it's how much are how much is that in you, like... And I know that you're a perfect person, but... <laughs> <laughs> There's no but needed. Sorry. <laughs> None of the seven deadly End of sins. Sentence? If I was one seven deadly sin, I'd be none of them, and you're all going to hell because you <laughs> all suck. I'm really struggling, Amber. What are yours? <laughs> Gluttony, sloth, pride. Again, like you, I don't think that I'm better than other people, but sometimes I do think I'm right. And other people, thing, you know, yeah. come on. <laughs> Gluttony, sloth, pride. Lust, wrath, envy, greed. You've got a shot. You've got a shotgun it really fast. Right. Otherwise, you'll overthink too much. Sloth, gluttony, maybe pride, um, and no. Well, maybe maybe envy in some ways. Maybe I'm like, kind of want what they have, but then I try and use it in a way to motivate myself and not do it in this in the. The toxic way. I right. feel you. See, this is also my problem. I already forgot what I said. Right, sloth, sloth, gluttony, pride, pride envy. You've got wrath, greed, and lust. Lust, greed, and wrath. And that's dessert. And that's dessert. <laughs> Join us for another feast. <laughs> <laughs>